When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching and listening Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. We have week one of the college football season in the books. We both had pretty darn big games with pretty successful outcomes here. Um, you went to the more exciting locale, TJ, so I will uh, let you tell first about your trip to New Orleans and the Seminoles' big win. It's only right that you would start with the team that's 2-0. and So, yeah. Um, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, Florida State was really, really impressive. I mean, New Orleans is uh, New Orleans is New Orleans, and that's probably the best way that you can. New Orleans is the devil's playground. Yeah, that's probably the best way you can describe it. Um, highs and lows there in New Orleans, uh, but we had a great time. We had a we threw a massive tailgate. We had a watch party um, for your game, mm-hmm. and uh, and the Notre Dame game was on as well. Notre Dame Ohio State was on. Uh, which is actually a better game for most of the game. They kind of pulled yeah. away late. Um, some of our softball girls came by that watch party. It's at my buddy's bar. And um, yeah, so we had a good time in New Orleans. And then, yeah, I mean, we talked about the game. The, the game was incredible. I really, honestly, I want to hear your take on the game before I give mine. All right. Well, we can get into that. Let's, we'll talk about our weekend and then we can break down, you know, what we think of both games. But, um, I mean, have you been to New Orleans before? Is that something that you had done? Yeah, this is my third time going to New Orleans. Uh, I always feel like I'm always so thankful that Florida only plays LSU there every other year because I need that amount of time to recover. Um, It was a little stressful there when we would have, we would play LSU and then we had a sugar bowl and it was just like too much New Orleans, too close together. Like you need a long time to recover, but it is such a fun city to be in. It's such a fun city to uh, participate in a game in and just see kind of the, the bourbon street change to your team's colors. It's just kind of a neat, uh, experience. I think, you know, it's wild to walk down the street in a city that you don't live in, in a state that you don't live in and see like your people. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's like when you have a game there, what was really cool is Friday night in, in new Orleans was, it was 90, 10 Knowles. Like it yeah. was, it might've been higher than that. 95, five, maybe. It was wow. like 20. And, and I think the reason why is because LSU fans, they're in New Orleans all the time. And so like, right. we're, sure. they, they don't need to travel town. there the day before. Yeah. So more of an experience for out of towners, mm-hmm. but that was cool. Yeah. Like bourbon street yeah. was legitimately just all FSU fans. So that was like really cool. Saturday was still pretty heavy. Like yeah. I still don't think it was 50, 50. Cause I think what it is, I still think you just had a lot of college kids drive over on Sunday morning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was still probably like, I don't know, 65, 35, maybe 70, mm-hmm. 30, somewhere in there. Like it was still pretty heavy FSU. There was more LSU fans there on Saturday night. And then Sunday night, it was 100% FSU fans. There were there were no LSU fans. So no LSU uh, fans to be found, huh? They uh they scooted back to their hotels and their uh, houses, I believe. Went back home. Tell me about yeah. Gainesville. Um, you know, UF was um you know, Gainesville's my home away from home, my favorite place to visit in the fall. Um, 
weather was really bad um, throughout the day, just like kind of miserable rain, not the like really hard thunderstorms, but just the like misting, miserable, like this is gross weather, which I was actually not that pumped up because I was hoping it was going to be hotter than it was temperature wise really, really mild in Gainesville on Saturday, which I think we were hoping, you know, the heat index would maybe help a little bit. It was super humid. So I'm sure that that was something and Utah players were throwing up starting in the first quarter. So I'm sure, you know, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Um, definitely got to them a little bit, but in terms of like Gainesville September games, this is the coolest one I've been to in years. I can't even remember how long, um, Utah fans travel incredibly incredibly well this is there were more utah fans in the stands than i can ever remember an away team having part of that i think visually is that they didn't travel their band so where we're used to seeing their band was just fans and that's part of it but they had 4500 allotted tickets if i had to guess i would guess there were 8000 fans in the stands, meaning those other 3,500 bought tickets on StubHub or Ticketmaster or whatever else to get there. But I honestly, and you know, maybe because it's a bucket list game for a Utah fan, you know, if a Florida State fan doesn't make the game in Gainesville, they think I'll just go in two years. Not that big of a deal. Right. But Utah fans, I think they're thinking like, this is, we can go see an SEC football game. We can play an SEC team. This happens not very often. So we sure as heck are going to go there. Um, but really nice too. Like it's such a weird concept to have um, such friendly conversations with the team that you're about to play. But it, it really has continued after the game too. Like there's been so many, if you read on Twitter, so many Utah fans saying so many complimentary things about UF and the city and the fans and things like that. And, uh, you know, as you know, that's totally not what we're used to hearing at all. Um, so that was kind of interesting too. But you know, it was a great game. The crowd brought it. I have seen a lot of people saying it was the loudest they've ever heard the swamp. It definitely was not the loudest I've ever heard the swamp. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a great atmosphere. I mean, it was. It was a great atmosphere. But there's, it was definitely not the loudest it's ever been. But it was rocking. People were a lot of times prisoners of the moment. Prisoners of the moment. And also, if you became a fan, you know, five years ago, maybe it is the loudest you've heard the stadium. I don't know. But I just, I don't know. It takes a lot for me to say something was and you're getting up there in age too so your hearing's probably not as good so maybe that maybe that could be something. i know I, i'm getting up in age so i've sat through a bajillion of yeah. these so i have a lot of things to compare it to um <clears throat> anyway by kickoff though really nice the the rain had blown kind of out of the way so and then we're soaking wet too so you're kind of cool from that as well um but i was impressed with florida out of the gate um I think there's a lot of room to improve. We'll talk about this when we break down the game, but I'll tell you what, they didn't quit. And I don't, I don't know that if this game is played last year, if it's the same outcome, because this Florida won because they didn't give up because they didn't quit. Cause they really like, I mean, this game was lost with two minutes to go essentially. And, um, and then afterwards was really, really cool. It's always, I always love seeing the players sing the alma mater, sing with the band, you know, run around, enjoy the moment. I would say almost no one left the stands at the end of the game, which is always a nice thing to see as well. And, you know, a little baptism by fire for Billy Napier. Hopefully he uh, enjoyed his first night in the swamp, but it was, it was fun. It was a really, really good, good experience. Good. Well, let's do this. I'll give you my thoughts on mm -hmm. UF's game. And then you can okay. tell me what you think about the game. And then you can go first when we get to Florida state. And so we'll okay. do it backwards. Sounds um, good. 
That's kind of a fun way to do it. Before we do that, if you're watching this, hit the retweet button or hit the share button. I also want to give a quick shout out to our good friends over at Brunt Insurance. Appreciate Greg and his team. You can hit them up uh, from Tallahassee to the Keys. They can insure your home, car, boat, motorcycle, any kind of auto. Basically, if it's on wheels, it could be a trailer. Doesn't matter if it's on wheels or if it's a, a home, mobile home, doesn't matter. Give them a call. See if they can save you some money. I know Greg was probably hyped up on uh, on Saturday night as you were, and um, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. I'll say that Greg was probably fired up. That's probably a good way to to leave that. But you can call them at nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Again, any kind of home, car, boat, auto insurance, anything you need, or if you just want to talk, mostly Gators. But if you want to talk college football, give Greg a call. It's brunninsurance.com. Appreciate their support. Okay. So, yeah, I thought Florida did a really, really good job of battling in this game. Um, offensively, I thought Florida looked pretty good. Um, I, I think that, you know, we said this and it rang true. Um, the team is going to go as as far as, uh, certainly early in the year, is going to go as far as Anthony Richardson can carry them. And he just did some spectacular things with his legs on Saturday and running the ball. I'm not on this hype train of like Anthony Richardson can't throw. I do think he can certainly improve there. Like, I think that's pretty fair to say. I thought there were some stuff early that was pretty off and it let Utah get to the lead they got out to. Um, But Florida always had an answer. And um, I, I thought the difference in the game was that the most dynamic player in the game Touched the ball every single play for Florida. The the long touchdown run was something that very few people could do. The two-point conversion was something that was just ultra impressive and and really was the difference in the game. If 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 that two-point conversion didn't happen, I think Utah would have been running the ball at the end and likely would have just played for the field goal because they were inside the five-yard line or so. And so um as good as Anthony Richardson was, I thought the defense did leave some to be desired. Utah just absolutely gashed them on the ground. And and Utah had a little bit of the problem that I think we'll talk about with Florida State. They just couldn't finish um, inside the red zone. Credit to the Gators defense for stepping up when they got there. But Utah, if they don't throw a pick or if they um, convert on a fourth and one from the goal line, which again, hats off to, to Florida's defense there. It goes both ways. But I, I did think that Florida's defense – was good situationally, but just kind of bad overall. Utah really did anything they wanted, throwing the ball, running the ball on Saturday night. And so, yeah, and that, that's kind of what I expected. We both picked Florida to cover here. We, um, I, I thought Florida would win this game close. It wouldn't have shocked me either way. And like I said, they were a, a, a pretty bad throw away from likely losing it. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have been shocked if Utah would have ended up getting the ball in the end zone there. But Credit to Florida. Again, Anthony Richardson was the best player in the game. He proved that. He showed that. He wasn't – and even the even the passing kind of quip that I have, I don't think it was bad passing the ball. I think he just has a lot of room to improve. He was just so good with his legs. So, yeah, I, I thought Florida played pretty well, a game that honestly could have gone either way. Like, I, I – I, when you were sitting in your seat there, I mean, you were – at the very end, I mean, I'm sure you were expecting or hoping for overtime at that point. Um, just don't score the touchdown and give us a chance, um, you know, in the OT period. So, yeah, shout out to UF. Big, big win. Looked like a great environment. It was fun to watch on TV. Um, 
I wish Utah would have not made a horrible play because I kind of thought we deserved overtime in that game because it was just so back and forth late. But uh, a fun one for sure to, to watch, and I'm sure even more fun to be at. Um, okay, so before I give you my recap, I do have a question for you. Did oh, you have any thoughts on the officiating in that game? I didn't watch it closely enough. No, we were at a watch party. We had people there. I was drinking. Um, I, you know, I watched the end of it very closely, but it was kind of mm-hmm. like I was turning my head over. We sure. had a lot of people there with our podcast. And so I didn't, I haven't rewatched it. Got it. Cause I don't care enough, but yeah, I, I have yeah. no, Okay. I don't even know what well, you're alluding or potentially. Okay. Well, alluding. I, I mean, I, so I guess I can, I can start with officiating. I, I honestly don't know that I've seen a worse officiated game recently. Um, and I say that as the team that won, right. Um, I, it's a Pac-12 crew. The way that it works is that Utah comes here. They bring it to Pac-12 crew. When we go to Salt Lake next year, we'll bring an SEC crew with us. So, I mean, that is just the way that these home and homes are, are kind of set up. So that's fine. It is what it is. But um, one of the things that we noticed the entire game is that when they would measure for first downs, they would put the end, the back end of the ball on the line as opposed to the front end of the ball on the line, which was giving them an additional 10 inches every time. And we had recorded the game here. So when I went back, like it's what it felt like in a sense, it's what it looked like. But then when we went back and rewatched it, having been recorded, that is exactly what they did when Utah had the ball. So there was multiple times that, you know, you're giving them 10 inches at a time, which does add up Um, multiple times where, you know, the far marker is at a completely different spot than the near marker. And it just, the officiating was bad the whole game. I mean, it was, it was bad. I think Utah fans think it was bad in their favor. Florida fans think it was bad in, uh, you know, in Utah's favor. I just think it was bad all the way around, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the game was, was, I will say I'm really impressed. From a call standpoint, look, just Go before ahead. you, so again, as somebody didn't want, I, I certainly wouldn't have noticed that like way too okay. many. Buffalo Traces. Well, and that. part of it, but <laughs> from a call standpoint, it it looked relatively even. There were thirty yards of penalties on you guys, fifteen on them. Yeah. Well, there was like there was, was a time where they called a catch on them. It did not get reviewed, which honestly may be on Florida's coaches for not asking for a review from up top. But called it a catch review, like literally no, didn't even have anywhere close to having the ball. Like just a, a completely abysmal call. Gave them a first down. Um, Gave them a little bit of spark of life there. There just were a few different things that were just atrociously bad. And part of it is live, being in the stands, right, and watching everyone go nuts. So that brings your attention to it even more so than maybe it would watching the game. I know people were confused about the fourth timeout that happened at the end. That is actually not something I have a problem with. I don't know if you saw this, but basically Utah called a timeout. Simultaneously, Florida's player had his helmet off. Right. Like Utah doesn't realize as they're calling the timeout that Florida has a player who has a helmet off, which should stop the clock so that he can leave the field because that's what happens when you lose your helmet or whatever. But so they do a full timeout as opposed to a 30 second timeout, which is what would happen with the helmet coming off. But then they give Utah back their timeout, but it, but it was a full timeout. So not the way it actually should have been handled, but also not as egregious as Florida fans think it is when they're posting, oh my gosh, they were given four timeouts. That's not actually what happened, although I'm not convinced that it was handled correctly regardless. But anyway, moving on, um, Florida showed a lot of heart. I think this is a team that didn't quit on each other. I think this is a team that gave great effort 
every play. I think this is a team that has a lot, a lot of room to grow. Um, I was really impressed with the running backs. Uh, Montreal Johnson Jr. He fumbled the ball in the very uh, beginning of the game. And I was like, oh, God, sit him till he learns how to hold onto the ball. They didn't. And, and that was obviously the right choice, right? Because he ended up having a really, really good game. Um, Etienne had a great game. I Florida's running game is good. Florida's offensive line looks a lot improved to me. Um, they gave pretty darn good protection. They allowed the run game to, you know, do its job. They allowed Anthony Richardson to be able to run. I don't know that he's making the right reads necessarily in some of the times that he's either handing it off or uh, keeping it himself. Um, there was a time when I think he was reading the outside backer. So he handed it to the running back, but had he pulled it, I, I you got to like Richardson's odds against an outside backer, right? Everybody else had moved to the right side of the field. It would have been him one-on-one -on -one with an outside backer. You've got to like Richardson's chances there. I don't know what their playbook tells them to do. If it tells them to read the outside backer, it tells them to read the end or where, where his read was supposed to be. But in my mind, it's the wrong read if, if him pulling it puts him up one-on-one -on -one against an outside backer, that's a matchup he wins every time, I think. Um, so I think there's probably some room for him to grow there in situations like that. But those are the kind of things that you don't know till you're in them, right? And so you can practice it a million times in practice, but nothing replicates game, uh, uh, you know, game reps, basically. Florida's defense, I did think left – a lot to be desired. Um, Florida really didn't apply any pressure to Cam Rising at all, basically the entire game. They did not get a sack. I don't even know if they really had any hurries. Um, I was told by somebody that they were playing um, a yard off the ball on purpose and that they were playing a little bit conservative on purpose. I can't actually speak to that, but I did find myself sitting there thinking like, you're not going to be able to do this against some of the offenses. Yeah, was that, that a coach on the team that told you that? No. Was that like a legitimate um, person that told you that? It was a legitimate person that told me that, <laughs> but I don't know like whether... like a fake I, person, but I mean No, like... it wasn't a fake person that told me that. It was a legitimate person <laughs> that that knows football and, and has ends with the program that said that. And I don't... It, it very, very well may be true. I didn't love it. We're going to make all our defenders true, play right? with one hand in their pocket just to Shut show up. that we're better. <laughs> what kind of logic is this? No. Well, regardless, I didn't love defensive line play. I think that there's a lot of room to grow there. I think that Utah's tight end did whatever he wanted all night long. Um, he is a really good player. So I, you know, credit him for that, but also Florida's defense is going to have to play a lot better because they're going to play better offenses than Utah. And that's not taking away from Utah. Utah is a really good team. They'll probably win the pac 12, but Florida's going to play better offenses uh, than they did on Saturday night. But you know what? The defense came through when they needed to. And I had about zero confidence that Utah was not going to score at that last second, judging oh, how the rest of the game had gone. I no. thought they were going to score. So, you know, kudos to Mark Curry coming left. out with that. There, there was not – they there was – Utah moved really efficiently in the last, you know, few minutes of the game. I felt like time really just was not even burning no, off at all. But it was not going to be enough for – anything us yeah. to score a touchdown it was not going to be enough for florida to put points on the board um but you know they came through when it mattered right and it, it you 
you know, even if you don't play the best game, even if there's lots of room to improve, you walked away with a top 10 win against a team that's probably going to win their conference or finish at the very top of it if they don't win it. And I think that's great. That's huge. What a great start to the Napier era. What a huge boost for recruiting. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of recruits in the stands there. It was the perfect atmosphere for them to see. Um, I think it's worth noting that in uh, the third quarter when when Utah went for it on fourth and goal, uh, Florida had four true freshmen in the game at that moment. And I think what a cool thing for those recruits to see. There's an opportunity for you to contribute immediately. If you're a wide receiver recruit and you're sitting there or you play D-line and you watch that game, you know you could be in next season. You can come to Florida and you can have a chance to play now. This team is good. You can play and you can make it better. And I think, you know, it was it was a walking billboard. So on that aspect, like, that was really awesome to see. Yeah. No, I agree. And sometimes the ball finds you. Like, yeah, Bernie didn't have a great game. Mm-hmm. Um Man, I thought that pass, I'm not to take away from Bernie. The ball found him and, and he made the catch, right? Right. I thought that if Bernie didn't catch that, the, the other guy behind, like there were two defenders there. Like that was yeah. like there are some, you know, sometimes it's um like the fourth and one. To me, that was more about UF's defense. The interception, mm-hmm. like that was just the worst pass I saw all game. Like, oh, it, it know, was not like, a good pass. Was, no, but yeah, like if, if Bernie didn't catch that, the other defender that was right there. Like, well, like, and it truly was, Miller had one earlier bad. in the drive that could have ended it, yeah. you know, five plays earlier. Um, so uh, you just you're desperate there trying to force something. But I mean, Utah, I just did not think they had to do that. So um, but yeah, no, I mean, I thought that was a great win. I um I'll ask you this, then we'll go on to FSU. Yeah. What changes about your season outlook? Are there, you know, so so to to take it back, I think you had Tennessee as as a loss. I think you had um George as a loss and AM as a loss. Were you at eight and three? Or nine and three, nine sorry. And three. Nine and three. You know, I was sitting there thinking, uh, after the game, I told Eric, I was like, would it be weird if I took this win and then decided I think we end up with less wins over the course of the season than more wins. Oh, I need to hear that. Um, That's wild. Because I figured and, you'd have 12 and 0 now. Uh, shut up. I, I mean, I really did think about ways. that a lot on Saturday because there is a lot of room for improvement. And I think that that sometimes we get caught up in the moment of we've got a new coach. These players are bought in. This is going to be a completely different outlook. Um, you know, this team is really just going to turn on a dime. And we still have the same players there. Right. So I think that, and, and I also think as prisoners of the moment, we don't give Dan credit enough, uh, Dan Mullen enough credit for the type of coach he is. Florida didn't have Willie Taggart at the helm prior to Napier coming in here. Dan Mullen is a good coach and these recruiting classes were decent, right? They're not where we want them to be as a Florida standard, but they were still pretty decent recruiting classes. So in theory, there is talent there, but I, I just, I didn't leave feeling overall impressed with what I saw on the field. I left feeling overall impressed by the heart of this team. And I think that was missing and that's a huge intangible, right? And that does help you win close ball games, but I don't know that that helps you not get blown out by teams that are for sure better than you. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. When, when you look at the schedule and, and I would expect them to come out and beat Kentucky. But when you look at the schedule, not it, it is unlikely that that atmosphere is duplicated again for Florida this year. Like it's right. just, just unlikely, right? The LSU game is probably gonna be three 30. 
So, you know, not right. the same, not a 7 p.m. game. Georgia and A&M away from the swamp. Kentucky this weekend, I think that that one will be like a raucous yeah. crowd. There's so much I excitement. So but this but I don't excitement is still going to carry over. It's a night game. Kentucky is ranked. I don't think it'll be on that level. So, like, you're, yeah. you're never going to have that same crowd. You also play right. FSU away. Like, there's just not another game where I feel like, oh, that I, crowd I'm not be back for that. Concerned um, about Kentucky, um, in terms of the atmosphere uh, of it. Obviously, Kentucky's a good team, so concerned from that standpoint. But I think that I think Gator fans will bring it this weekend. I don't know that I think Florida loses to Tennessee anymore, which I know is a, a weird thing to say when I'm also telling you I think Florida could potentially have more than three losses on the schedule. I kind of want to see how Tennessee does this weekend before I, you know, fully decide what that is. So we'll leave that as a loss at this moment. But I really may my my mind may be changing on that. I almost think that it may end up being one of those things where Florida just drops one of those they shouldn't. They, you know, they go somewhere where they are just come out flat. Um, I think that there's a possibility of that. I think that Georgia beats them. And I think that Texas A&M beats them. Um, I think that Florida is potentially capable of beating Texas A&M. That doesn't mean I think it happens. I think that they lose. Um, but I don't know. I just, you know, this team is pretty young. They're all pretty inexperienced. Um, it is easier to get up for a home crowd that is as hyped as it was on Saturday night than it will be when you go somewhere where you only have, you know, 5,000 fans and it's not a night game and it's not necessarily like your energy. Um, so we'll see, but I didn't, I didn't, it doesn't make me change my win totals for the positive. If that's, you know, a really long winded answer to your question. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, they, a lot of times as fans, we get we, we're such prisoners of the moment after oh, totally. one game. And For so sure. Florida State had turned a corner last year when they um lost to Notre Dame. Uh, Florida had turned a corner last year when they lost to Alabama in a close game. And then yeah. look what happened to both of those teams immediately after that, right? And so, you know, one game does n- literally never tells the full picture. No, it doesn't. No. Especially when it's your first game of the season, because I do feel like, yeah, uh, they should have never been on the same field as Notre Dame last year, but it was the Bobby Bowden game and it was Labor Day night and there was so much going on and there was so much hype and they come out and get blown out the next three games or lose the next one and then get blown out. the next. So I think that next week will be very telling. How do they respond? Which I, I do think they beat Kentucky, but how do they respond? Um, after an emotional win after right. something like that, because, Sometimes that carries over. I mean, I don't really believe in momentum carrying over, but sometimes the the good things you did carry over. Sometimes the mistakes you did you you made you you don't get away with the next week, right? right? If they let Kentucky drive into the red zone six times, yeah. they'll probably lose, right? So can they be better between the forties? Can they be better on the outside of things? So right. I, I, that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that the games we thought would be close, and and we we may have disagreed on who wins this one or who wins that one. Mm -hmm. But I think the games that we thought that would be close between Florida, like on the rest of Florida's schedule, I still think are going to be close. I think think the Kentucky game's close. I think the Tennessee game's close. I think LSU will figure it out by that time, and that game will be competitive. I think Tennessee A&M will be close. I don't think Georgia will be close. Um, So, yeah, I I think – and, I mean, I still think Florida State will be close. But – and then, you know – I think it's after one game, it's crazy to, like you just said, to say, oh, well, 
we're definitely beating this team now. Right. We're, we're abs. Oh, there's no way we could lose to Kentucky or there's no way we could lose to a and or well, you know, right. whatever, whoever right. picking the name out of a hat. Um, right. So now I feel pretty confident that Florida is not going to lose to South Florida or Eastern Washington, right. Missouri, Vanderbilt. Now Florida struggled good. with Missouri as of late, but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, crazy yeah. things happen, but yeah, I mean, I, but I felt good about those games before. So, yeah. Okay. Tell me what you thought about Florida state. Um, well, first of all, I feel like I probably feel, um, the same way that you did about watching the Florida game while I was watching the Florida state LSU game. It was a fun football game, right? Like I didn't want this game to end. It was, um, really entertaining to watch as someone that isn't a fan of either team, which I feel like that doesn't always happen. Right. Um, it was good television. It, I don't know that I think it was good football. Um, I think that that's kind of hard to gauge a little bit because we really, I, I don't know. I was so unimpressed with LSU. I expected more from them given the talent level they have and Brian Kelly being their coach than what they, they put forth. But when you think about all the mistakes that they had, that they were still in it, uh, I mean, it was fun, right? It was, it, it was entertaining. Um, I did see on Twitter, I think it was Ryan that was like, the only way that this can end is for LSU to score, but then miss the extra point. And that actually happening was so hysterical and so wild and like, what a perfect end to such a stressful, but fun football game. Um, I feel like at times Florida state showed like they've really got it together. Right. I think Jordan Travis has grown leaps and bounds from what we saw last year. Um, I think Florida state as a whole, as a team has grown. I think that they showed that they are more resilient than we thought that they were. This is not the same team that came out and, you know, laid an egg after that Notre Dame game, you know, the next three games in a row or whatever this, uh, they look like they're starting to put it together. Um, I still want to see more right before I say that Florida state's back or whatever it is that your wide receiver was at your wide receiver proclaimed uh, when being interviewed. But I think Florida State fans have a lot of reason to be hopeful that things are coming together and moving in the right direction. I think that LSU fans on the flip side of that should be pretty darn concerned at what they saw. Brian Kelly's body language was so bad on the sidelines the whole night. And I don't know if I maybe just really didn't pay attention to his body language against Notre Dame. And maybe this is nothing new and he's just a grumpy old man. And that's what he always looks on the sidelines. I don't know, but he really looked so miserable out there. And also uh, booty who is their top wide receiver had atrocious body language as well. And, and really gave piss poor effort. A lot of the time, if, if the ball was not coming his direction, he was not giving a hundred percent effort on the play. And there were a couple plays where there was one that the ball hit him in the chest because he gave, he ran a half ass route and I don't think realized the ball was coming towards him. Hey, my kids are listening to this. Literally your kids are asleep. <laughs> bounced right off his chest. Um, so I, I thought that that was kind of interesting to see because I really did expect more. Um, we're a special teams household, right? Eric was a punter. So special teams matter. And they LSU failed time and time again, special teams in that game and special teams win and lose ball games. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that the extra point and, and like, yeah, I'm sure you was in the end times at that point, but yeah. watching uh, 
watching the LSU, I believe it's the tight, it was the tight end, but the, the wing bite on the outside instead of protecting the inside, which I feel like is like football 101, was so maddening to see. Zero percent chance the Florida State player that's coming off the end gets to the ball. So if you do your job and you block on the inside, it the extra point's probably not blocked. So I don't know what he was doing or thinking, but that's the kind of thing that they teach you, you know, 10-year-old Pop Warner football. So that was very cringy to watch. Um, One for me. God bless that Well, I know. Not for you, right? (laughs) Not for you. But fun football game. Enjoyed it. Feel like Florida State is on the right track. Um, Not prepared to say that they're back as of yet, but I think they've got a lot of pieces. I think LSU's got a lot of work to do. Jaden Daniels getting the start. I kind of think he's the he got the start because they were the one that they thought could he could keep himself alive, you know, more because their offensive line is god awful. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we talked about trying to not overreact, mm-hmm. um, not go crazy with things, um. I went ahead and bought tickets to SoFi Stadium for the national championship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, you were talking about special teams. Florida State has the number one ranked special teams unit in all of college football, according to PFF. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, you recover two, yeah. two punts. You yeah. block a field goal well, and an extra point. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get a lot of points for that stuff. Yeah. Um, Wins ball and game. special teams is – yeah, it's been a focus of of Mike Norvell. They yeah. basically went and got Michael Pittman from Oregon just to catch punts, just because right. they were so bad last year. Right. Last year, this is a hidden yardage type stat, but last year they gave up something like sixty plus yards a game um, in right. just not catching punts. Like if you just right. catch it and fair catch it, but if you right. drop if you drop it and it bounces because. Sure basic physics, the ball is right. traveling in a direction and very right. rarely does a punt bounce back to where it's kicked happens, sure. but very rarely, especially if it's like a long kick, right? Like if they go sure. up in the air, sometimes they do. But anyway, Florida State had like 60 something yards a game last year that they lost yeah. in that, right? Like imagine having 60 extra yards at the end of every game. Well, they right. lost eight games by one, or they lost, um, sorry, they lost seven games. They lost six games by one score. Right. And so imagine having 60 more yards every single game. They probably yeah. won four more, four more games. So anyway, Special teams has been a huge focus this offseason, and it did. It won the game. Um, You know, there was a narrative going around that that LSU had more talent than Florida State. And and I do think, like, pound for pound, they they probably did. Like, I don't know. To me, it's tough to – you know, I know those ratings on, like, 247 and stuff. Like, they they rate them based on what they were as prospects. But, you know, when it's been two and three and four years – Yeah, but, I mean, LSU for the last three years averaged the number four recruiting class. So you put that up against whatever Florida State at uh, average – For sure. Yeah. LSU has more talent on that roster. The the problem was LSU had all that talent last year. And LSU had all that talent the year before. And so I think there was, like, this thinking out there that, oh, LSU has more talent. Mm -hmm. They will – figure it out and all of a sudden put it together game one against FSU. And that's why LSU is going to win this game. And I just, I just didn't buy that. I didn't buy that. You know, they've been pieces of crap for 24 games and all of a sudden they're just going to turn it around, you know, in game one under Brian Kelly, he's going to be the one to write the ship. He's going to be the one to get everyone to buy in immediately and fix it. And it was, it showed the body language was terrible. Like you said, from their star players, Um, there wasn't, I'll say this, and this is like, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. 
Florida State was better than LSU at every single position group on Sunday night. Quarterback was better. Running backs were better. Wide receivers were better. Tight ends were better. Mm-hmm. Offensive line, defensive line were all better. Yeah, yeah they did lose uh, uh, All-American defensive linemen right at the beginning celebrating, right? I mean, but they were still, uh, yeah, but you can't control yeah. that stuff. We lost. No, we no, lost no, 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 we're, you we're can't down. control that stuff. I'm just yeah. saying, but that's we're a down. factor there. For sure. But Florida State was better in every yeah. single position group on the field. And they coached better, right? Well, Norvell was better than Kelly better. was in that game. And so it's hard to lose a game. They almost did it when you're better at every single facet. But Florida State, yeah, I mean, was, Florida State absolutely dominated that game until LSU started on a comeback. And I, I don't. I don't. I, you saw the replays on this. Yeah. Uh, Florida State had LSU on a on a third and long, and got called for what I just thought was a horrendous uh, roughing the passer call. I mean, the guy just they even showed it up on the jumbotron again. I don't know if you saw better replays um, on TV or not, but the guy literally like stopped back and hit him with his chest, and he was pulling up, and they they threw the flag which is fine. And then the very next play, they throw a pass interference, which is 15 yards down the field. We gave them 30 yards on that drive, and they scored, and that's fine. But outside of Florida not Florida State not being able to catch a, a, a ball on the one-yard line, which is kind of frustrating, Yeah, they don't even have that last drive. With nine minutes to go in the game, LSU did not have 100 yards rushing or 100 yards passing. Like right. Florida State was absolutely dominating that game, nine minutes to go. We we gave up 35 yards and penalties on the next drive, and LSU scored, and um, we came right back out, forced another three and out. Obviously, they muffed the punt. We fumble on the one yard line, and they do go down and score. But Florida State found a way to win. I, I thought that Florida State deserved the win. You know, LSU had a nice drive at the end to to make it close, um, and you know, nearly send it into overtime. But I, I do think Florida State was the better team throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah. I mean, well, and the flip side of that is if they were the better team the entire time, it literally took two block kicks to win by one point. So yeah. a team that Florida did look like, they, I mean, Florida they State. They didn't they, finish super well. We talked about yeah. it with, the Utah, with Utah. Florida State missed a field goal. They went for a fourth and two and didn't, um, didn't convert it. And then they also fumbled on the goal line. Right. And so there's yeah. 17 points right there. If yeah. they, um, if they do any one of those three things, it's not a game in the end, right? right? If you, if you, yeah. and, and I liked the, uh, you know, I liked the decision to kick, to, to try and keep the field goal. I didn't have a lot of confidence in it. The kids struggled a lot this year. He misses, no big deal. You're not going to go for it. It was like fourth and 11 or something. You're not going to go right. for it. You're not going to punt it from the 30. So it is right. what it is. You attempt it and see what happens. Um, I liked the call to go for it going into halftime because you were getting the ball on the other side of the half anyway, right? Which they did go down and score there. But, if you score there, which it hit the receiver in the hands, if, if Pittman catches it, uh, I like the fade there. If Pittman catches it, you lead 21 to three coming out of the half and that, you know, the game's over then. Right. And so um, I liked the call to go for that. I liked, um, I, I didn't love the pitch. Norvell admitted that he would, in hindsight, he wouldn't have done that. If the kid catches the pitch, he walks into the end zone. So I think the play was a little too risky, but you, you know, to me, it's always, it's it's really easy to blame the coach, yeah. And players have to. Execute. I like their uh, double reverse flea flicker that, that they threw in there, though. That was, was fun. I was just like, "What in the heck? Oh my gosh!" Uh, this same. is crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, they talk about this, and 
you know, they, they found a way, right. And, yeah. and I think that if they'd have finished a little bit better on drives, the game wouldn't have been on any one of those three drives, the game would not have gotten close. Right. Right. You, 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 I mean, shoot, if they'd have just, if the kid catches the pitch and falls down right there, they kick a field goal with no time left and, and win. Right. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, little unfortunate with some of the mistakes that Florida state made, but uh, for it to not have been a blowout, but I do think they were significantly. Better. Yeah. But I feel like you almost learn more in a close one than you do in a blowout, especially this early in the sure. season. And I mean, listen, they got it done. I think, I think, I, I think I have no idea how to feel about Florida state after that game, because on the one hand watching them, it, really does look like they're much improved. But then I look like at the fact that LSU was a complete train wreck and it was a one point game. So it's hard for me to kind of really gauge. I need more, basically. I need to see yeah. more. Um, but Florida State should be pumped, you know, and the best thing about the, being 2-0, and the opportunity to go 3-0, and right? So it's, Yeah, it's not 0-4. That, that would be what I Right. Uh, so, I hey, say, it's but... improving from last year. Yeah, and, and we've seen Florida State, and again – it's a little different. You do have to consider opponent, but we've seen Florida State go out and do what they were supposed to do two times, right? right. And well, and that, but that is an improvement. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. That's an improvement. Huge improvement. Florida State's went out and beat a team that they were much better than by um, six touchdowns, right? And so yeah. I'll take that every single time. And then um, they went out and really dominated a game against LSU for three and a quarter quarters. Right. And so I, you'd like to see him clean that up and pick things up um, across that last nine minutes. Right. Um, but outside of that, like it was 24 to 10 and LSU didn't have a hundred yards rushing or passing. And if on that third and 10, again, little things, very little things, minor things that you got to clean up. If he, if, if the defender that pulled up on the late hit, takes one less step and doesn't bump into him. That was third and long. It was third and 10 yeah. and they were on their own 20. They'd have punted that ball. They're not going for right. it there. Right? right. And so then Florida state gets the ball back and ends up punting it back to LSU with about what, maybe, maybe five minutes left. Maybe they go back and score. They'd scored on like three straight. Drives. So I don't, you know, it's, it's little things that add up, but I, I did, I was really impressed with the way they played. They were supposed to go in and lose. It was, it was LSU's backyard and they've got more talent mm -hmm. and, How's Florida State going to – it wasn't just the Mason Smith kid. It was how the, how are they going to block the entire defensive line? How are they going to cover these receivers? Right. And um, they they did it all night repeatedly over and over and over again. I didn't like the defense on the last drive. I thought it was way too, um, you know, way too prevent-ish. And that's why right. LSU drove all the way down. We had success stopping them all night and then winning the prevent and it nearly cost us the game. So didn't love that. But all, overall, I was, I was pretty happy. I will yeah. say – about this kind of, I, I want to tell you about my season outlook. I am adding a win because I had this as a loss. So I am going from seven to eight because I still like where we were. I still like where we are in all the other games that I had yeah. us winning, but I had this yeah. as a loss. So like, right. Right. you know, that, that takes me from seven to eight, just almost by default. I also need to see more out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I know the game you're kind of watching that's not yours this weekend is Tennessee Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Mine is UCF Louisville. Yeah. Um, Louisville went into Syracuse as a four point favorite and they got trashed 31 yeah. to seven against Syracuse, who is just an absolute laughing stock, like not good at all. Right. Like that, it, it'd be comparable 
to losing to uh, – I mean, it's not as bad as Vandy, but it's – I don't know. Syracuse and Vandy played each other last year. I mean, I think Syracuse would win, but it, it would be close. So, like, I don't know. Who's the next worst team in, in the conference? I mean, it might have been y'all last year. But outside of y'all, um, I don't know. Mississippi State, you know. Yeah. It'd be like – yeah, that'd be like a mid-level SEC yeah. team. Like a – I don't know. Like a Kentucky last year losing to Mississippi State. I mean, not right. a, I don't even know if that's a good comparison. Whatever. AM losing to Mississippi State, right? Like you just kind of you just anyway. I'm I'm I think the point is made. But uh Louisville gets absolutely crushed by Syracuse. If they go into UCF and get crushed by them as well, Florida State can't lose that game. Now, right. if that was right. just like a one-off game and Louisville goes out and beats UCF by like 30 on the road on a Friday night, you know, short week. I, I think that Louisville game, you know, it, win or loss, we'll see what happens. But I expect UCF to win. Yeah. I, I think UCF will win going away. They're a touchdown favorite. We'll we'll pick it later in the in the show. Yeah. But um, yeah, if 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 Louisville's 0 and 2, and you're going up there, and they've not showed a pulse, which they haven't yeah. yet. I mean, it's just one game. Right. Then you got to beat Louisville too. And I don't know that I would increase my win total at that point because I, I don't know that I'm bold enough to say nine. Nine. But I'd still feel really good in all the other right. games um, that I predicted us to win, right? I think right. I, I think you you beat Louisville. I like you to win all the games I said we would win. And then I like Florida State to lose to Clemson. I still think Florida State loses to Clemson. NC State and splits with the rivals at the end of the year. I think that's just, that's just typically how things work. You beat Florida, lose to Miami, beat Miami, lose to Florida. Obviously, I'd like to win both, but I, those would be my three losses. Now, right. I think that we've got some news today that Sam Hartman is back and has been cleared from his blood clot. So good news overall there. I mean, I'd love for him to be out until after our game, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like good news there that he's yeah. good and, and safe. And so that game probably gets a little tougher. So I probably stay at eight and four. Like I probably say, like, okay, well, you should beat Louisville. And then you might drop that game to Sam Hartman and, and Wake Forest, who um he's a really, really good quarterback. Maybe the maybe one of the top two or three in the conference. But uh, I, yeah, so I like us for another win. I had there's a loss. I still feel good about the other games All that right. we had. Right. Yeah. Um I like the way the schedule sets up too. I you know, I'll say this and then go, but and and see if your win total has changed. If not, you're gonna have to do a backflip on the spin on that one. But uh, shout out Hadley and Hayden. But um, yeah, I uh, I like the fact that we have the bye week. I, I think yeah. that I think both coaches. I think Napier and Norvell came out and, and kind of complained about their practices today. Um, you know, hey, not as focused. Didn't think this was particularly one of our better practices since fall camp started. Just saw some saw some things that they both said, and um, I am very thankful for the bye week after a massive win because you just get all that out of your head this week and then next week you can really prepare, right? And, yeah. And you can prepare to not have that letdown. You're also not still riding that massively motivational high. Um, I think that it's really fortunate that Florida State has that bye week kind of caked in early due to the week zero game because, you know, it doesn't shock me that both teams had practices that their coaches considered subpar after a win like that. I think that yeah. probably happens more often than not. And so, you know, Florida I still think they beat Kentucky, but Florida only has what, what's today? One more practice before 
um, before Kentucky, right? They'll practice yeah, on Thursday and they'll be off on Friday. And so, Friday they'll walk through. I mean, they didn't, oh, but oh, Florida didn't have a short week. So even though it was right. a, yeah. it was so three day, day, I mean, they. Yeah. And I didn't hear negativity about all the practice, but if you're going to well, have I mean, that practice, said, you'd rather we have, have a lot to finish. And I think, or we have a lot to fix. And I mean, that's a true statement, right? And and he did say, he said he's never left a practice where he was pleased with how it goes. I think we're just kind of in the coach speak, I think time for your frame where we talk about practice you know, sure. every day or every other day. So that's brought to light a little bit more. But, you know, the things he said today are true. We got the win. That's huge. There was a lot of great effort. There was team camaraderie. It looks like people are bought in. But that doesn't mean this team put on a football good performance. It doesn't mean that they grayed out great. It doesn't mean, you know, the intangibles are what was great. And the intangibles were enough to carry them against Utah, a great Utah team. Anthony Richardson was enough to carry. But if you watch that game and you all of a sudden think that Florida, you know, belongs in the top five or something like that, I mean, there's a lot of room to improvement. There's a for improvement. There's a lot of areas that you can immediately point to and say, this team needs help in this area right now. And so I think it's unrealistic to, you know, crown them champions because of that. But um I'll be interested to see what happens. I think they'll ride the wave into Kentucky. I think the crowd will show up. I think this is, like you pointed out earlier, probably the best opportunity for that crowd to be replicated um, from last Saturday because it is a night game. It's ranked team. Kentucky's sitting at 20. This is only the fourth time that both Florida and Kentucky have been ranked when they've been when they played, even though they've played something like 73 times, something crazy like that. So there's a lot, there's storylines that go with this, right? Florida lost the 31 game winning streak last year. This is, uh, you know, that, that streak was, was snapped. There's some revenge that is, that is needed there. Um, I think there no, are, not, not last year. Uh, well, they snapped it like what, two years ago, but two, they lost two to them the last was, two years ago. I, yeah. I think it was three years ago and then they won up there in uh 2020 and then they lost last was, year yeah I, I just googled it four years ago is when they the they lost the 31 game losing streak but they've lost twice since then and so uh, you know florida this is this is a team that's had florida's number recently right they beat the gators last season this is a team florida wants some revenge against i think that it will be easy to get up for this game i think it will be easy for the crowd to be in this game those things will help I do think Florida beats Kentucky. Florida ha- or uh, Kentucky has like their their top three running backs are all out for this. Uh, my brother in law is a huge Kentucky Wildcat fan. I was talking to him a little bit about it and said, you know, like, so what is that? I like him. Uh, how big of a loss is that? And he said, huge. He said, our their remaining two options at running back are a huge downgrade from the guys that they've lost. And he said that their O line looked really bad last week. So. Those are things Florida should be looking to exploit, right? And I'm sure that they are. Um, but I think Florida, I think Florida wins this game. I don't think it's a blowout. I think that it's a close game. I don't know that this offense is designed to score a million points. Um, I know that Gator fans cringe hearing that because everybody wants the fun and gun. Everybody wants Spurrier. But uh, all the things we've heard about Napier and from his time at Louisiana, the things that he learned from Saban, is that he is in general a little bit conservative. So I don't, and, and I think also when you don't have that many offensive weapons, which at this moment, it really doesn't appear that Florida has a ton of wide receiver options right now. Uh, Pearsall is 
so obviously the number one go-to, but then there's a big drop-off, or at least that's what it appears at the moment, right? Unless some young guys really step up. So I don't know that Florida's built to put up a million points. So I think it because of that, it 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 does stay close. Yeah, I, I like Florida. And I'm not going to let you get out of this. we got to back up just a little bit. But I do think Florida wins this close. Uh, I actually think they win by like 10. Um, I uh, I think that, again, the most the best player on the field, the most dynamic player on Absolutely. the field, gets to touch the ball every play for Florida. That probably won't matter, like we said, against Georgia. It might not matter against A&M, you know, when you, when you play teams with – athletes of similar calibers sure. but uh, yeah Kentucky's a little bit depleted right now in the running back room their offensive line wasn't great um I don't think that they have the tight end strength that Utah had no. and that's really where you that's really where you have struggled so um you know they're going to be well coached I think Stoops does a great job I think the defense yeah. will be good I would not be surprised if this is the lower scoring game yeah. and um you know and Florida doesn't get to to 29 points I I would not be shocked at all if if this is like a 24-21 game, 27-20, you know, so just like slightly under that. I don't think right. it's like 17 to 10 or anything crazy like that. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think you could see Florida 24, Kentucky 14, just just not enough offense on um, right. Kentucky's side. Um, but I want to back this up. You also had Florida State at 7-5, and five, but you had the LSU game as a loss, or are you at 8-4 and four now? Hmm. I think I'm sticking at seven and five. Okay, I don't which know who I got think they're losing now. After that. I don't know. Come well, on, gotta, no, you can't do that. I got to hear the gymnastics to get there. Tell me what I. Who did I say they lost to last time? You have me. You have that written so down. Had, I think you had LSU as a loss. Clemson yeah. and NC State as a loss. You had Florida yeah. as a loss. Yeah. And then there would have been one more somewhere, either Louisville, Wake Forest, something like that. Okay, I might have picked Wake Forest. I don't. Uh... Yeah, I think you had us beaten Louisville, and I and I didn't. Um, all right. I'm going to have Miami beating you then there, okay. there'll well, be that LSU and all of a sudden Miami wins. Yeah. Well, I listen, <laughs> I just can't picture Florida state getting to eight wins this year. So, I, but now I do think this, maybe they do. if, if they beat Louisville next week and Jordan Travis stays healthy, right? Like without just a right. barrage of injuries, right. they're going to go four and because they're going to be BC who lost to Rutgers last week. Right. And if they start 4-0, I, I do think they get to eight wins because on that schedule still is Georgia Tech, Syracuse, yeah. and Louisiana. And right. I think they're going to win those three wins. to get to yeah. seven. And then well, I think they'll find a win somewhere else. Wake, yeah. Florida, Miami, NC State almost lost to ECU. So yeah. I, I think there are I think there are a lot of coin flip games. But right. Florida State is about – if they can win one of them – and they start three and zero. If they start three and zero, I do believe they start four and zero. And I don't yeah. think the weight game is a is a for sure loss, right? Like even right. with Hartman there, if Florida State's four and zero, and Wake, man, I, I've I've started to like kind of scope out the schedule. And if they beat Wake, I you know I'm getting a lot of carts ahead. But like both of these teams could have really really good starts to the year. And yeah. I think it all kind of comes down to what Florida State does against Louisville. The good news for FSU is that if they happen to lose to Louisville, I still really, really like them in that BC game. And starting three and one is probably the best from last one. year. Yeah, probably the best that most Florida State fans thought it could get. Like, I don't know if any Florida State fans thought that four and zero was a legitimate possibility. Right. I think they wanted to think it was, but I think 
I think the stats on it were something like Florida State's probability of starting 4-0 was like 11%. Right? Oh, wow. So something happens – hundred times or, you know, 10 times and you're going to hit on it once. And that's not great odds. Right. Right, right now that odd, the odds are way up from that. Um, ESPN's FPI, which gives Florida a 54.8% chance to win this weekend, just for what it's worth. I think that's a little low, but Florida okay. state's FPI matchup predictor for these next two games, they've got a 63% chance to win on the road at Louisville. And then they've got, a 82% chance to win at home uh, against um, against BC. So it's statistically more likely that they go right. 2-0 and than, than, not. than yeah. drop a game. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, somehow now Miami's beating us, according to you. Such a hater. All right. Listen, I would love for Miami to lose every game, probably more than I would like Florida State to lose every game. But well, since y'all don't play each other, I just hope that for both of you. So. Right. All right. Last week we both picked UF to cover. Yeah. Uh, both got a point there. I picked FSU. You picked LSU because your SEC heart just wouldn't let you um, do something. Do you know that in 2006 you guys won the national championship, which started a run of seven straight national titles, and Florida State broke that streak this weekend. Yeah, I had a husband thir- that played on that team. I know. This weekend, 13 SEC teams rolling in a row, and Florida yep. State broke another streak. Um, that so is Florida State, true. I get the I get the point there. You get the point for Notre Dame. It was a 17 and a half point dog to Ohio State. Um, Pittsburgh was a seven and a half point favorite to West Virginia, and they won by a touchdown. So we both missed it by half a point uh, because we both picked Pittsburgh, and then we both got UGA. Okay, I want to ask you this, and we'll do picks for this weekend. Yeah. Whew. Is UGA going to repeat this year? Because they look better know, last. They look, they look better so this good. weekend. They look better this weekend than they did at 80 point. 100%. They look so much better than they had. I don't, I don't think Oregon's good. So, I don't think Oregon's that bad. I I, it's really hard to gauge this early in the season, right? But I was watching it going, God, they're so good. They look like, so good. But I also like feel like Georgia's saying, always had those games where this team that looks so good is like inexplicably not so good. So yeah, I'm not willing true. to crown them yet, but, but it's man, close. they were I'm impressive. Close. I don't know. You know, obviously their schedule sets up fairly nicely until they have to see you guys. I want to look at it real quick right. just to confirm that. But I don't think Oregon's a bad team. Like, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of hype around Utah and there's a lot, you know, that's why, why preseason polls are stupid because, right. you know, there's well, a lot of hype around Utah. The polls out in week six. Like it's insane. Yeah. And, and listen, I think Utah's a good team. And if Utah wins the pack 12, then they're, adequately ranked probably but who's their problem um, who's most likely their toughest competition for the pac-12 oregon, i think it's oregon USC. yeah like i think they're i mean i think usc is like a year or two away but i i think that i think oregon and utah like that's going to be a close game like i think yeah, they're similar I mean, I teams think, but i don't so, know i mean well to see what to see what georgia did to them was just i think utah spanked them both times they played last year didn't they, they did yeah but they got yeah. rid of a bad coach oregon got rid of a bad coach and so i think they'll be better <laughs> <laughs> um, going forward, um, uh, Georgia, Georgia plays Stanford, South Carolina, Kent State, Missouri, Auburn, and Vanderbilt before they play you guys. So, Which means I they mean, will unless something crazy happens at that point, right? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. They'll be seven and oh. See what you guys are. I think you guys have an outside shot of being six and one going into that game. No, you got I, to me, it comes down to Tennessee and LSU. You're either going to yeah. be. To me, you're either going to be six and one. I think you win K- Kentucky, so you're either going to be six and six and one or five and two. And either way, that's really not bad because you'll take your lumps to Georgia. 
probably take your lumps to AM, be five and four, worst case. And then you have three wins that you could potentially pick up South Carolina, Vandy, and, and Florida State. I do think you'd lose one of those, probably the one at the end of the year, if you're going into that game with six wins. But I, I think Florida's, I think Florida's still at like seven to eight wins. I mean, I, I don't, you know, neither one of us changed change where we're at. Um, all right, picks this week. Alabama's a 20-point favorite against Texas. I'm picking Alabama. I don't bet against Nick Saban. You know that. Roll Tide. You did last year or two years ago. And I learned my lesson. Wake Forest is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite at Vandy. Uh, Give me Wake with Hartman coming back. Uh, Give me Vandy. Oof. I was hoping you would do that. I love picking the SEC games because Allie will just be a homer. (laughs) App State. This is an interesting one. App State is a 19-point underdog on the road to Texas A&M. Did you watch any of that Texas A&M game? Um, I did not, but I and I but I did see highlights from the UNC App State game, 63-61, which was really and, interesting. Although I think that NC State is not good. Uh, well, so that was against UNC, but App A&M. Oh, that's what went, I meant. UNC. Sorry. A&M was only up 10 nothing. Against against Sam Houston, like going into halftime, then I think they threw like a pick six. I think Sam Houston threw a pick six, and so I no, I take that back. It wasn't a pick six. It was just kind of a long pass on a on a third and long. But so I don't, I don't know that I'm that high on the Aggies. Now there was a there was a uh, a long weather delay, and they scored a couple more to make it thirty one nothing. But I think Anum wins this game. But I think App State keeps it. Yeah, I think App State's offense will keep this a little bit closer, and so I'm going to take them. But I mean, I think A and M wins this by like 17. I, but I don't know. They they scored 60 points last week. I don't think UNC is great, but like 60 points is 60 points. 60 points. I know that you've kind of talked me into taking App State as well. Which up to you, you. Don't usually get to influence me. Give me App State. I don't yeah. think they yeah. win, but I I don't know that I think they. Yeah, they're a fun team to cheer for because I'll always appreciate when you're yeah. against Michigan. So <laughs> always, always. I remember where I was when that happened. Uh, I was on. Okay, let's talk about it. I was on a. You're gonna hate me. I was on a high school senior retreat in the mountains of North Carolina, and we were all watching on our phones. I graduated in 08, so that makes sense because it was 2007, early in the year. Mm-hmm. We were watching on our phones, all huddled up, and we were getting yelled at, like, "Go." go outside. You're supposed to be like playing outside and stuff. We were all like, shut up. Leave us alone. We were watching on an iPad. Yeah. I didn't even have a smartphone. I don't think at that point. Well, I was in champions club during UF's game watching it. I want to say at halftime. That's funny. Of UF. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. So, um, Tennessee's a six and a half point favorite at Pittsburgh. I think Tennessee wins this game. But Give me Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think I like Tennessee here. I wanted to get cute and go with Pittsburgh, but like, so you're not cute. You said it, not me. So, yeah, I, I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee yeah. has it. I think we both like UF to cover this weekend. I mean, it wouldn't yep. shock me at all if if they didn't. It's, but is it seven still? What is the spread? I've got six here. Okay, it opened at seven, but it's probably gone down a little bit. Um. UCF is a six and a half point favorite against Louisville. 
I'll probably end up getting snake bitten from this, but I like UCF. I, you can't give up 30 to Syracuse and, and be bet on you the next week. So yeah. give me the Well, I'll take Louisville because I don't like to put anything on UCF. Yeah. I feel that. And I'm the same yeah. way, but like, I just, yeah, they got to show me something before I take them. And then here's a fun one. Liberty beat Southern Miss last year. I'm sorry, last week in quadruple overtime. I don't know if you caught that or not, but I did not in quadruple overtime. UAB is a six and a half point favorite at Liberty. I'm betting Liberty on this one. I don't know if they win or not. Wouldn't shock me if they win, but I do think they cover the spread. I'll give you Liberty too. I learned to not bet against them last year too. Remind me to tell you something interesting about them off the air later on. I just got an email from them that they were looking for their new president. And I replied and said like, "Ah, I just don't have the uh, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little busy, but y'all hit me up after the season is over. Well, uh, unrelated to our betting, but kind of related to our degenerateness, TJ and I are in a uh, fantasy football, a college fantasy football league. First TJ place, which I didn't know that it was a college one. Place. Yeah, when y'all reached out, I had no clue. Nobody said it was a college fantasy thing. Well, I knew it was a college fantasy like the, thing. Well, you didn't tell me. The All ratio right. of college fantasy leagues to NFL fantasy leagues is like 100 to 1. Like, right. there's, everyone plays NFL fantasy. So, like, I didn't do any preparation. I didn't look at anything. And I'm like, oh, I could draft an NFL fantasy team like the back of my hand. Here it goes as a college fantasy league. I let the, I let the auto draft go. And guess who has the most points in the entire in the TJ's entire sitting at 1. I'm sitting at 3. Uh I'm trying to eight, nine, ten. I guess there's ten people in it, so we're doing decently well here. Uh, week two is starting. I, I mean, you need to get I up in that second. Time. You need to get up into second place because you're bringing my average down. You're bringing the yeah. show average. We're an average of two right now, and if you come up, we'll be an average of one and a half. One and a half. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I'll work on that for this upcoming week. But you know, if TJ and I can't annoy each other enough on the air we will annoy each other on twitter and on fantasy football so yeah hey are you going to kentucky this weekend i am are you going, to, going to it's kentucky. in it's in gainesville but going to the game yep it's in gainesville i'm going up um just procured our babysitter today because you know night game definitely not bringing the kids to that um, the girls aren't old enough to, to babysit the wait, little one no no can't leave town only the eight-year-olds in charge um have no interest Back in, in my going. day yeah well <laughs> I'm sure you were babysitting. I was babysitting in like sixth grade, but I mean, my kids oh, okay. are in second grade. So I think we've got a little bit of time and I definitely wasn't, you different. know, leaving town. Um, they live like got our babysitter. We're going up to that, uh, that game. It'll be, uh, I think it'll be a fun one. I'm excited for it. I'm just excited that football is back in general. NFL uh, starts this weekend too, right? Yeah, I can't wait for that. I actually spoke with – all right, I don't want to go deep into this because I'm going to save it for some other content. Well, nobody's watching. It's fine. Um, Rude. I mean, there's definitely people watching. But I just don't want to give away the punchline. But I, I spoke with Gene Deckerhoff. Um, oh, yeah? Night, and uh, he's excited to call the – the Bucks play on Sunday night. So he's excited to yeah. call the game there. Um, yeah, NFL back. I'm excited to do nothing this weekend. Three yeah. weeks ago, we went to Orlando for Orlando's birthday. Last week, we were in Tallahassee, and then we had our party. You guys came over. And then this week, I was in um, New Orleans for the entire weekend. So I'm excited to sit on my back porch with a bunch of yeah. beers and watch all three TVs at once. I've already got, like, the whole schedule. Like, I feel like a Buffalo Wild Wings where I've already got the schedule for all three TVs, like, mapped <laughs> out and ready to go. Uh, you have way too the- much time on your hands. That's yeah. what working from home does for you. So, yeah, I am uh, 
There's good. I mean, starting at noon, right? Alabama, Texas starts at noon. There's good football the whole day long. Friday night, UCF Louisville. That's an exciting one, too. I mean, we do have some fun football on again this weekend. But last weekend is going to be hard to top. There was just so many good football games. And I and truly, yeah. I think our two were the most exciting games of the weekend, which is always fun, too. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Well, okay, so those the, the noon games on that were sneaky good last week with that App State and and yeah, um, UNC game. They were like sixty point or like forty points scored in the fourth quarter, and then ECU that poor kid um, that, that missed the extra point. That ECU lost to um, NC State, but that one's really good. But yeah, South Carolina Arkansas plays at noon. Um, once Alabama gets up by you know four touchdowns, you got to turn it off. Wake Forest yeah. plays Vanderbilt at noon. Um, 3.30 is the Tennessee-Pittsburgh game and the App State A&M games that we talked yeah. about. Yeah. The night games, you guys will be on the big screen, but then USC-Stanford plays at the same time. Arizona State-Oklahoma State, that's a fun one. Oh, that so is there's, a fun one. There's a lot of good stuff. Baylor-BYU, I, I usually can't make it for the late, late games. I know. Baylor-BYU is a 10 that's o'clock a game one. that you can watch on the way home. So you'll that's be good with well that. a well-behaved student section game, I feel like. <laughs> Baylor BYU. I don't know if Baylor is. I don't know if BYU is, but I guess probably that, no college in Texas is probably that well behaved. Yeah, but Michigan Hawaii, I feel like, is a fun one. Yeah, there's a lot of good games. And that was I was only looking at the ranked games. Like right. there's probably some good, like unranked games. Mississippi um, State, Arizona kicks off at eleven PM. Yeah, which that's just that. a matchup we don't see that often. I mean, I'll watch however much I'm in the car on the way home from Gainesville if I don't fall asleep while Eric's telling me to stay awake to keep him awake. Yeah, yeah. Um, um I mean, we talked about UAB Liberty is a game that that I'll watch. Uh I mean, I'll watch all the games, but Missouri. Yeah, who am Kansas I kidding? State, I'll watch whatever's on. Right. Kansas State's a big favorite in that game against Missouri. So it'll be interesting to see if Missouri can yeah. have something to kind of build on and, and not be trash. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love college football. I love this back. I love that I have nothing to do this weekend. Should be amazing. that is that is a good feeling when that happens. Doesn't happen. Then right back up to Louisville next week. So just yeah. keep the party going. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for watching, listening, however you tuned in and checked us out. Again, thank you to our good friends over at Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204 for all your insurance and coverage needs. We will be back next week to see if Allie's team can do what my team has already done and get to 2-0. And if not, we'll make fun of her. Until next time, go Knowles. Go Gators. See, you play.